I'm a black here at the Metrospective event in downtown Chicago, and I am here with Metro owner Joe Shanahan and graphic designer Ryan Estwing. How is everyone doing today? I'm doing great. I mean, to, for me to walk into this beautiful uh, Skidmore, uh, Owens and Merrill, I mean, glass and steel, modern piece of architecture, it, it's, um, it's a dream come true to be sitting next to my art director, Ryan, who helped curate this show. Um, looking at nothing but um, beautiful posters, poster art, uh, graphic art, design, photographs, and other ephemeral uh, archival uh, pieces of the Metro collection. Yeah, I feel really great to finally see it all put up and um, on display. And at first when it was all on the ground and it was just laid out, it just it was like, oh, how's this going to look? And then once it got put up on the panels, it was like, this is really coming together and is kind of overwhelming in how great it like is to see all these designers designing for all these bands that played at the Metro. Well, this is an event um, marking the 30th anniversary of the Metro, and there's so much artwork from across the years, really even from the beginning. What was it like to look at all this history and kind of revisit all these landmark events in the Metro's kind of 30-year run? Well, for me, you know, it might be a little different for, for Ryan because I'm reliving every single show. I mean, I'm looking at the poster. I'm remembering either who, hi who we hired to design it, where we hung it, whether or not we got approval from the band, <laughs> whether there was a story behind that. And I, I just think, again, it's a really, it's a, it's, a, it's a tribute to the music community here in Chicago and the, and the art community here in Chicago because the, the, the fact that this is not um, a thread between the two disciplines. This is a real interlocking piece of the visual art world and the musical uh, art world Con connecting in, in such a way because I, I have to say that you look at some of these things and you're sort of like, oh, well, how does that relate to the record or the band? Some of it, it's, it's, it's abstract or even in some ways not even descriptive that way. Sometimes it's just the juxtaposition of very interesting, it's not just the album cover. It's, right. uh, the artist is getting something from a song or from the band that we're enjoying. And I think that in every piece is, is very evident. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see 30 years kind of documented in this way. I think it's a real magical thing. I mean, I don't know if there's anything quite like this for a music venue uh, to have all these things archived for 30 years. And I think that's, that's why it's so unique and great and um, special, I think. Are you calling me a hoarder? Are you saying that I save every scrap of paper, every ticket, every guest list, every set list? Well, you're right. I do. <laughs> well, you know, I thought it was very interesting. I mean, if you look in the display that we have, you know, that, that's set up up front, there is the original flyer from the first Metro show, correct, with R.E.M.? Yes. Yes. And, 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 and again, you know, that that's like my handiwork, you know, with the, with the, with the Electra set laying it on a piece of paper and... 
you know, creating a little a little document. But a little known fact, and and Ryan knows this, is that in every poster, and this is of something that we started years ago. I mean, certainly for the last decade, we try to hide the Metro logo someplace. So you know, it's also a fun thing for people to kind of look and try to find you know uh, that logo. Uh, we we put it in like sunglasses. We've put it in, in in earrings. We've put it in all sorts of different things. I think again, I think we began to have fun with the idea that, well, remember, we are trying to do something promotionally and marketable as well, because we are mentioning the day, the date, um, you know, where the club is, of course. Maybe not always the address. We kind of got away from the address. Most people do know where we're at. But clearly the year is another thing I think is a, a critical piece of, of most of the work that we begin to pull out. We begin to see some of them didn't actually have a, have years. No, it's, it's actually really helpful, too, when you get the year, because we wanted to document and everything to get it right down down to the date, the year, who designed it, who played the show. Um, so yeah, when the year's missing, it's kind of like, oh, well, we got to do some digging now. But so, so actually, Ryan was here the night that my son, Michael, was here actually digging up, going online, finding out, figuring out what the date was, and then figuring out which Friday, the 8th of September. <laughs> then we have to go back 10 years to like 85 or whatever. So it was a way for us to figure it out. But I also think it was interesting was that when you look at the posters, there could be the headliner. And then the support, maybe the first support or second support in some cases, would be then headlining at the club yeah. five to seven years later, like yeah. TV on the radio oh, and the yeah. fame. You know, that kind yeah, of thing, you know? Like, there's, uh, I, I like to show some examples. Like there's, let's see which poster it is. There's a home poster with Promise Ring opening up. Right. And the next two I want to show that, well, Promise Ring just played their reunion show here. So it's like there's, you know, a lot of people, like, coming back, but, like, you see their names on different posters in very different artistic styles, and I think that's cool, too. It's, like, really interesting that way. You know, whether it's, like, Rise Against opening for Alcantrio, yeah. and then, or um, even System of a Down opening up for Slayer. I mean, so there's a way, there's a way of sort of mapping out something musically, culturally, for our city as well. Well, I think it's really interesting, and there's all of this history on display here, and obviously Metro has just this legacy behind it, you know, and Joe, I'm really interested to know, how have you seen kind of the live music climate and business and environment change over the last 30 years, like 82 versus now? There's no difference. There's absolutely no difference. The idea that Metro is based on is still today the same ideal, and that is we work with new and emerging artists in a live music communal experience, and it's amazing to see people that are, but quite quite honestly, 50 years old that were there at the beginning of the, of the club to people that are 15 or 25 who are just experiencing the club for the first time. I look at those faces. I. It's not, a, there's, it's not typecasting, but I really see the fact that it's going with your friends to see a band, enjoying yourself, enjoying the music, and it's a, it's a milepost or a signpost in your, in your life. And 
the communal live experience is this specialism when we first opened. Something else I think that's really relevant when you look at the Metro is that Metro and Smart Bar have always supported, showcased, you know, electronic music, DJ artists, whatever you want to call it. And that movement is so huge right now. You look at the EDM movement, you look at all the festivals that are coming up from it. How does it feel to kind of see this scene flourishing in the mainstream, you know, something that you guys have supported for, you know, forever now? Well, you know, um, what comes around goes around. Um, <laughs> I have to say that, you know, I look at, like, we have a Moby poster that you found, and you said that this would be good to show, because that was when he was sort of, like, doing his punk rock thing. And, and then oh, all no, the, the openers, all the openers for that, yeah. they're blowing up right now. Right. Uh, Jacques Renault. Right. That was the MySpace show, right? Yeah. yeah. He was on there. Um, oh, now I'm forgetting who was on there. I think Josh, Josh Warner was on there. Yeah, Josh, yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh, those names are, they're really coming out now. Like, they're they are really getting noticed. So it's like, it was a few years ago, and it's like, wow, that's that's cool to see that, how that develops. So I think that the, the EDM piece is interesting because while this is the metrospective, there's a lot of smart bar in here, too. Um, you, know, you know, at one point, it, 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 certainly in the in the 90s, every single band had a DJ. There was a, the guitar player was a DJ, or the drummer was a DJ, yeah. and we would do the after sets yeah. in smart bar for some of the live acts that would play upstairs. So the DJ culture is clearly represented, um, but that might be a whole other show, Ryan. I, we might have to <laughs> save that for there's, six from six a, months. There's a few of this, the SoStream posters that, that it makes them kind of special because, like, there's a Mike Snow poster that basically we we worked it out. So um, it was two days and. Mike Snow also DJed downstairs in Smart Bar after their shows, and it was like, well, this is great, like, because that's a very unique thing, and it's cool to have it archived in a way on a poster. Um, well, I know. And then on the other hand, James Murphy. Exactly. James Murphy, we did DJ sets with, with yeah. James and Pat before we did LCD Sound System. So, so we sort of had a connection to, again, that... And when Smart Bar opened in '82, it was I opened Smart Bar before I opened Metro. I mean, Smart Bar was the the little engine that makes it all go. My connection and our connection to dance music or the dance culture has been very strong. And I think that at times there is an overlapping of things. I mean, you'll hear it in the New Order, you'll hear it in Interpol, you'll hear it in the Killers, and you'll hear it in LCD Sound System. While they're brilliant live artists, there's a dance in or electronic piece to it that clearly is is indelible. Something I would love to be able to do with your game, I'd love to mention a couple names and get your thoughts on them as artists, their connection to Metro, any or all of them. Let's start with the big one. Kurt and Courtney. Uh, hmm. It's emotional because I think that, you know, um, Kurt was such a talented person. Uh, we we lost him too too soon. I mean, I I, I really uh, I really feel that. Um, and Courtney, I, I have to say, she's a force of nature. I mean, she is still you know she's just mixing it up wherever she is. You know, whatever she is, she's up to. But. Um, but Kurt Cobain, I, I, it's an emotional. I still think about that. There's a, we have a flyer that we found. Stacy and I went back to the further archive, and we found 
the show that 11 Dream Day headlined and Nirvana opened up. You know, so it go, that goes way back. You know, um, you know, obviously, uh, uh, it's it's. I think Chicago was a good place for that band uh, and and for Kurt himself. I think there was a lot of connections here. I mean, he's with friends with Corrigan, so you know, there's 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 that connection. But and Dave Grohl flying here. And, but yeah, I would say for me, emotional. REM. Happiness, pure happiness. Those guys that put a smile on my face every single day I've ever... If I see Mike Mills at South by Southwest or I run into Michael Stipe at the Spotted Pig in New York, those are just the... They're just classy guys. I mean, their manager, Burtis Downs. We've stayed friends through all of this. I mean, the fact that that was the first band that we booked at Metro and it began the cornerstone of what we're doing. And another little funny thing is you have to think about, it is word of mouth. This poster show is all about how artists talk to each other and, oh, those guys will let you do what you, they, what you want. And the same thing with R.E.M. I think that they were the word of mouth band. When they played for us, they told everyone, oh, yeah, you know, Joe and his team, they're really good people. They're going to pay you well. They're going to have fun. You know, they have a good club. And I think word of mouth still really is a big part of our success. Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan. I mean, the house that Billy built. I mean, what, what can I tell you? I, you know, uh, he has a heart of gold. Um, he gets kicked around pretty hard. Uh, he's a good friend. Um, you know, as I say, you know, I take a bullet for him. Um, I do constantly <laughs> media and stuff. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll respect and, and all really positive. I mean, how do you feel about the connection between the club and pumpkins? Because it has to come up and you, you've seen Billy in the office. You've, you've seen him. I've kind of, never seen him in the office. Oh, you didn't? You didn't see him last I've never there? seen him. He was upstairs in the office uh, I, just I've a couple weeks ago. stories of him coming in the office. I've always, every day, it's are like, maybe he's coming in today. Are you lunch? Are you lunch? <laughs> I guess I was yeah. at lunch. I don't know. The art directors go to lunch late. <laughs> Billy comes in later. Um, but, yeah, right? I mean, the, the, I mean the, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely like, yeah, it is a tether. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, it. You know, people are like, oh, you work at the Metro, yeah, Smash Pumpkins. And it's like, yeah, yes. I mean, um, for me, like, you know, when I started working there a few years ago, it, that's, like, the first thing I started to think about. But then also, like, as time went on, it's like, well, you know, there's so much that's, you know, invested in this place um, that the Smashing Pumpkins is tethered to it, and then it's kind of like... They kind of, I don't know, it almost feels like that was a huge milestone in the history of, of Metro. And now it's just like, all right, we're giving it to the next, you know, hopeful band that, you know, is going to ride that um, and carry that flag, you know. But he's always, you know, going to be a huge part of the club. It's, it, I've always said to him, it's his laboratory. He can do whatever he wants. He comes in, he'll try out the solo record, the acoustic record, however, however, in however he wishes to use the space. It's his to use. Um, we know each other very well. We trust each other. Um, there's a poster, actually, in the show that the band did for the Kill Hannah. No, it was for the Matthew Leone benefit that Billy donated his time and raised, I think, near to, nearly $100,000 to help retire some debts. 
Uh, and there was that one poster that's kind of strange, a tempera paint. Yeah. It was really rare. Dan, our, uh, the, our assistant uh, art director, said that there's a very few of them. I asked Billy today, actually, I took a picture of it last night and I sent it to him. I said, who did this? He says, I don't remember. Frank may know, so we're trying to figure out actually who to give credit to that for. But it was for the Sweet Relief uh, Leone uh, benefit. One more artist, Kill Hannah. Well, again, you know, um, nothing but respect and nothing but um, good times. Um, I have to say that Greg and I are, are close friends. Matt and I are close friends. I see Johnny from time to time. CJ, and he's going to be part of our, our, our event tonight. That Again, La Familia, for, uh, when it comes to Kill Hannah. And it, what I find interesting is that they're the band, again, a really cool kind of like contemporary modern rock band that got the DJ component with the dark wave thing going. So in a way, they really had some, uh, have some special language going on to, you know, uh, that not everyone does. My story about Matt is, is, is short but sweet. I remember seeing him out in front of Metro, passing out flyers for a show at another club. And he had an armful of flyers. I mean, he had like a thousand flyers in his skinny little arm. And he is standing there, passing them out to people. And I turned to then the uh, talent buyer, Sean McDonough, and I said, we got to book these guys. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think they're going to work hard. I think the final question, something that I have noticed almost immediately from when I started going to Metro, the first show I went to, um, 1997, Our Lady Peace. What is it about Metro? Yes, yes, absolutely. What is it about Metro that inspires such passion? you know, and commitment from people because you see it in the artists that play and they come back, even when they're playing shows at much larger venues, they come back to Metro. You see it in the people who keep coming back to watch shows there. You see it in the employees that are there, you know, year after year after year. What is it about Metro that really keeps bringing people back? Hmm. Again, I, I, I have to go back to the mission statement. And the mission, the mission statement is new, emerging, certainly unknown artists that are given a platform, given a stage, treated professionally with respect to play through, you know, equipment that is not just scotch taped together. You know, we take pride in what and how we present the music itself, the actual technology or the, 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 the the tech aspect of it. And I think that the fans realize that quality. The bands realize that quality. They know that we're... Um, our objective is to put on the best possible show. And I think the bands fall fall into that. And, and quite honestly, I think that Chicago as a, as a market is very strong as far as... The music fan. I don't. I don't think they're too cool for school, like in New York and L.A. My, my whole thing is, you know, in L.A., you know, they're all like chin stroking. In New York, they're all got their arms folded. You know, it's like because they're all in bands already, and they're just coming out to check things out. In our situation, I think there's a real element of a, of the fan. I'm still a fan. Ryan's still a fan. We all all are fans of music. So kind of start, is it a top-down thing or a bottom-up thing? I'm not quite sure, but I think somehow it all, it all comes together. And people walk away with that feeling going, that's, that's, a great, that's a great experience. 
Yeah, I think there's a there's still a almost a DIY element to this place where it's and it's not corporate and it's 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 a small business of people who care enough about music and art and want to make it seen and heard and you know flourish so that um good quality can keep happening and I that's a unique thing that, that just doesn't that doesn't happen enough you know just to, just to close you hit on something really interesting and I think it is the DYI I really think the do it yourself punk rock sort of we can do this is what we started out in 1982. Everyone thought, like, oh, that ain't going to last. Shanahan, he's done. It ain't going to last. And, I mean, really became a group of five that became ten, that became twenty, that became thirty people that didn't care necessarily all about the money. It was really about let's do this. Let's see. And every year we seem to find another group of, 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 of I don't know, the, I'd say it's the marketplace for the disenfranchised. I mean, you don't fit in, you know, it's a, it's a square peg in a round hole. You don't, there's a home for you. And Metro gives you that, gives you that place. Um, I think that it is that punk rock. It is sort of that, you know, it's not Live Nation. I don't want to call out the corporate bad boys right now, but I'm just saying what we do is really simple, and we've been staying with that philosophy for 30 years, and God bless us for doing it. Absolutely. I know it's been a second home to me. I've seen a million fantastic shows at Metro. Uh, Ryan Eswing, Joe Shanahan, thank you guys so much for taking time to tell us about it today, and congrats on the 30th anniversary. Thank you. I think I've known you since you were 16 years old. I mean, you're something like, like that. We've grown up together. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you.